everybody. Welcome to Read This, Read That. I'm Jackie Reed. I'm Joanne Reed. Oh, look at you fresh from so the frills. Yes, I actually was able to get a little bit of rest this year. You look very well rested and that you had a fabulous time, I little think. Little sun-kissed. Yes. Yes, it was fabu, fabu. Well, we need to jump right into it because you texted me Baby. something that made me very upset. Oh. That you happened to get a hug from somebody yep. that I wanted a hug from, but I didn't. Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. So jelly. Yes, yes. Tell us all about it. She kicked off the cruise. She performed on the boat when we were in Miami before we set sail. Yeah. And she was flawless. Incredible. So she did her performance. And usually those of us who are part of the Tom Jordan Morning Show, we record radio every day. And so Sunday before we set sail, we usually record radio Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. But since Janet was performing that evening, Mm -hmm. we said, let's do the show. Tom said, let's do the show after her performance. Okay. And what we didn't know after her performance was that Janet was going to be joining us in the studio. Wow. And for anybody who listens to the Tom Jordan Morning Show on a regular basis, there are a lot of us who are contributors, right? So there's Roland Martin, there's me, Al Sharpton, who wasn't on the boat, but he's a contributor. Guy right. Tory, mm-hmm. Kim Whitley, Sherry Shepard, uh, Huggy Lowdown, Chris Paul, all of us. So when we do radio on the boat, we're all there together. Okay. Right? Sybil Wilkes and Tom. Yeah. It's a whole, uh, Damon Williams. All in one room? All in one room, all at a table. Wow. We all have microphones. So when a guest comes in, it can be a little intimidating because yeah. we're all there. That's right. So Janet comes in. And um, she's lovely. She's so personable. She goes around and hugs pretty much everybody at the table. I'm on the far end. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, God, I hope she, you know. And she she hugged me and she looked at me and she said, it's nice to see you. How are you doing? Like, she was so lovely and warm. Um, it was so nice. Uh, but I tell you, one of the funniest moments in the interview was when, you know, Guy Tory, his brother Joe Tory, right. was in, what is the movie that she was in with Tupac? That I am just blanking on right now. Oh, um, um, poetic justice. Poetic justice. Thank yeah. you. Poetic justice. Um, Joe with the wind. So I know Joe. Thank you, our engineer for the day. <laughs> um, so she was in, and his brother Guy is on the boat. Okay. Well, Guy and Joe right now are having a bit of a sibling quarrel, so okay. they're not really speaking. They're not oh. on good terms. And so before Janet came in, uh, Guy was telling us, you know, we're off off air, and he's mm-hmm. telling us all about this. And Janet comes in, and Tom starts asking questions, and the rest of us start jumping in. So Guy decides to ask a question. I love Guy Tory so much. He sets it up. Hey, Janet, I've been a fan of yours for years. I've been following your career. I went to your first concert in 19, such and such, and then I went again. And she interrupts him, and she said, how's your brother Joe doing? Oh. And, he, and everybody's laughing hysterically. And she's and, and he goes on, you know, we laugh, and he's like, so, no, but really, you're such an incredible. He said, no, really. How's your brother Joe? <laughs> he's like, he's fine. It was she was just lovely. It was so lovely to see her. I don't know if she I, I, I doubt she had the baby with her, um, her two year old. But she did right. say in the interview that baby's two already. Yeah. Wow. Which she aired. We, they aired today on the Tom Jordan morning. No, they'll air it on Friday mm-hmm. on the Tom Jordan morning show. But um, she was saying her um, her son is very vocal. He sings a lot. Aww. He loves to dance. Um, he's very musical. And she seems to be having the time of her life. If anybody is going to be the next generation's like star in that family, it's probably going to be her son. It probably is. And she's yeah. getting ready for her Las Vegas residency, which we have to figure out going to. So excited. She said they were about to start rehearsals for that. She's yes. really excited about it. So I'm excited about that. But let me tell you a moment on the boat that just left a pit in my stomach. And that was Millie Jackson. Hmm. Have You've heard of Millie Jackson, of course. right? 
she does for those of you who don't don't know her you know she's a uh she is old school but you know if you know dolomite and those kind of you know folks from old school she's known for being very raunchy yes um lyrically she talks a lot tells a lot of stories um very much of a feminist that my, my yeah. a, 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 a lot of people might categorize mm-hmm. her. So she's on stage. She's just kind of like a cabaret style show. Yeah. You know, she talks a lot, tells stories, and then she has a band behind her. It's very entertaining. So she's talking. First, she, you know, she sings a little bit. She starts talking about Trump. She hates Trump, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, what the F is going on in this country? Um, she talks about him. Then she starts talking about the Me Too movement. movement. And I'm going to paraphrase, but she basically was saying it was bullshit. Uh, and she's like, if you gave up the pussy 30, 40, 20 years ago, and now you're complaining about it, you need to let it go. So there was that. Then, then, this is what, when I was like, and not to mention Dr. Shirley Caesar was in the audience. Oh, my God. She got up a, a while ago. Mm. Then she started talking about uh, molestation. And she actually said, and I'm going to quote, all the bitches out there who've been molested, raise your hands up. No. And they turned on the house lights. What? I was like. You've got to be kidding. The hell? There, Nobody raised their hands, needless to say. And she was setting this up. Like, I got a song for women out there who've been. I couldn't get past it. I was just, what? like, disgusted. And I'm she all She got to be for, 70 years old. Let me tell you. But then she ended the night. And this, I, I didn't really mind so much, but I was shocked. But if she, anyway, she ends the evening going out into the audience and would go up to men in the audience and saying, can I touch it? And if they said yes, she would reach into their pants, not grab the outside no, no, of their no, pants, no, no. but reach in and touch their genitals, no. penises. And if they said no, the women next to them, she would say, well, can she touch it? No. She did this to like about 20 men in the audience. You've got to be I'm kidding. not kidding. There was a man in a wheelchair who what? let her touch it. There was a blind man who let her touch it. What? Oh, my God. It, that was how she ended the evening. Yeah. What kind I, but of I was a most twisted, offended by the whole career comeback is that? Yeah, I No, she's she's been out there performing. I just again, I don't mind the grabbing of the penises. If the man gives you his consent, my thing is how do you say all the bitches out there who've been molested raise your hands and say the me too? Movement is bullshit. She might have gone past her sell-by date. Girl. I think it's time to retire. I was like this. Millie need to retire because that's some crazy It was ass. crazy. I don't, listen. No, that's listen. crazy mess. And the thing is. It, it probably triggered a lot of women in the Probably did. And it sounds a bit desperate, like, to try to come back and be relevant. Because, you, you know what I mean? When you're doing, yeah. when, you're, when you're doing that much. Yeah. You might be trying too hard to be relevant. Millie. Yeah. That's I, gross. She should have ended with a big fat apology. She should have just apologized. To everybody. That's it was, horrible. It was, it was. It was in poor taste. But, mm. you know, there were a lot of other great, uh, there were, were some great acts on there. Sheila E. Ooh. performed at the 2 p.m. series of concerts nights mm. back to back and she killed She's it. a great performer. She gives you everything. Yes, she does. Uh, Maxwell mm. was unforgettable. Okay. Uh, and one of my favorites, well, after seven, they Aww. were incredible. The concerts are amazing. Yeah. And then the SOS band, okay. which from Atlanta, yeah. I was at the edge of the stage singing every song. I, I didn't realize that I knew every word of every one of their songs. That's, you know, that's a proper old school comeback. SOS Bring band. Back. They killed it. That's killed great. it. I yeah. love it. And so you have to support them. I think it's SOSband.com or the SOSband.com. Support them. Is this the last cruise, though? Well, here's what happened. I went in thinking it was going to be the last cruise because Tom Joyner is retiring in December. But 
apparently he will continue to do the cruise. Oh. They actually said that they sold out for the cruise in 2020 on the boat because they were selling cabins. I don't know if it's actually sold out. If you're interested in going, please check. Don't take my word for it. Right. But it was it was fabulous. I do have to say, um, it was so much fun. The seminars during the day. We had a lot of plant based stuff going on. A lot of self help. Speed networking is a lot of great. Yeah, you stuff. said you bonded with some vegan ladies. Yes, Andrew Gillum was on the boat and oh. did a did a talk with his. How did Andrew? Oh, you know what? Because I ran into him, so I went up and did this this thing at Harvard. He's at Harvard right now as a fellow. Ah. so I ran into him, and he said that he was going to fly down. I think in Puerto Rico. Yep, get he on got the boat. on in Puerto Rico. Right, exactly. He and his wife. Um, who's a Sora of mine. Yeah. And she made time to be in the picture for Delta Sigma Theta. Right. Because uh, we organize a big picture every year because we have so many um, Soras on the boat. Right. And it's funny because I'm like, you got to wear all white. Right. Don't come in here with no red this. Don't come in with some jeans. Right. You need to, no no red hat. I'm like, they, they'll tell you. I'm very specific because I organize the picture. Okay. Okay. So she, I didn't know who she was. Okay. And she came in with black pants on mm-hmm. and a white top. And she was standing up front. I have no idea who she is, right? Ah, and you I'm did like, not push Sora. her in the back. I was like, Sora, okay. And she's like, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'll just get in the back. I was like, because we need to cover these black pants. That's not going to do. And uh, Sora's, I was like, is anybody here? She's like, no, I'm sorry. I'll get in the back. I was like, no, no, stay, stay, stay. I was like, uh, Sora, who has a towel or something to wrap around her legs? <laughs> and they had a towel or a wrap or something wrapped right. around her legs. And then later on at one of the concerts, some other Sora's were like, you know whose wife that was? And I was like, no, who? You're like, that's Andrew Gillum's wife. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> really? Inside her story. But listen, we're all the same. We're all the same. I know, inside her story. Inside her story. <laughs> it was good, though. It was a great cruise. We were in St. Thomas, Puerto Rico, one other island. I usually stay on the boat when we dock. Right. Because it's a lot trying to manage yeah. everything on the boat. Did a lot of seminars and things like that. But it was good. It was cool. So you have to work. Oh, yeah. I work. We yeah. work. Those of us who are part of the show work on the yeah. boat. Yeah. So it's not... You but know. it's still fun. Work it's and fun. fun. It's work and fun. Fun work. It's a fun. It's a party with a purpose. Like party Tom with a purpose. Says. So okay. true. So you want to fill us in on this mother stuff going on because I'm just like, well, yeah. I was on the cruise. Yeah. I knew it was coming up. I knew it was mm-hmm. going to preempt it. My television show today. I'm sure it did. Um, And I'm like, so we make this big deal that we're getting the, you know, is it, it's still redacted, I don't right? know if you saw it in my office when we were downstairs, that big, thick That's notebook. what that was? That's what, it's 400-plus pages so plus exhibits. what does it exhibit. say? What is that? The, at the end of the day, does it mean any any problems for Trump? It does. I mean, so the thing that is Come so on, infuriating man. about what we now are calling the redacted Mueller report is that we actually, up to now, have never seen or read the Mueller report. All we've had is multiple iterations of the Attorney General William Barr telling us his interpretation of it. Right. And his interpretation is always very favorable to Donald Trump because he basically is behaving as if he's Donald Trump's attorney. He has to be and a loyalist. Not, that's right. But he doesn't have, I mean, that's not really what his job is. It's not, but that's, that's what, what Donald he Trump interprets requires that's correct. of his cabinet And what's members. interesting is that Trump couldn't get his previous attorney generals, even Jeff Sessions, who was happy to cage children and ban all Muslims from America, but he wouldn't do this thing, which right. is to basically act as if he's Donald Trump's personal attorney. Right. The second guy he had in there, Whitaker, really wasn't in a position to do it because he was interim and he really didn't have standing to do it, even though he seemed enthusiastic and ready to do it. Yeah. This guy's willing to do it. He's acting like basically Michael Cohen did when Michael Cohen was Trump's personal lawyer. Yeah. There's really no difference now between him and the personal attorneys being paid by Donald Trump. He doesn't act as if he's the country's lawyer, which is what his real job is. So right. it's been dismaying but not surprising because his history going all the way back to the 80s is that he's sort of the Olivia Pope of Republican presidents. <laughs> so come he on. He fixes their problems. Uh, cliff notes. What is it in this book? Like, what is it saying that's going to that get 
you know, anyone out there who's not a fan of Trump. Yeah. Excited. Basically, there are 10 different areas in which Donald Trump was at risk of being charged with obstruction of justice. Mm -hmm. The only reason that Mueller essentially saying that he didn't charge him is because there is a finding in this in the Department of Justice that you cannot indict a sitting president, um, but that Mueller found plenty that Congress could use. And it says explicitly that Mueller's team believes that it's Congress's job and their purview if they want to charge obstruction of justice. Um, on the quote-unquote collusion, um, whereas Bill Barr, William Barr, keeps saying no collusion. The only place in the report where it says no collusion is in the front, where it says collusion is not an actual crime in the statutes. So that there isn't a way to charge someone with collusion because there isn't a such thing in law. But that what they found were many instances where the Trump campaign was happy to benefit from Russia's attack on the United States and where they sought to benefit. But that that doesn't necessarily mean that they committed the crime of conspiracy, which is the actual crime. But the reason that that's not findable or provable is because the very specific thing he was um, looking into is whether the Trump campaign conspired with the actual hackers, whether they got with the Internet Research Agency to help get the emails, which they didn't, and whether distributing the emails, which they did do, is illegal. And they couldn't find a statute to match it being illegal. But that doesn't mean that that 400 pages isn't damning. I mean, it's full of damning information about the but president. what can happen with that? What you should know, happen? Will he be charged with anything? Will any? Will his children be charged with anything? No. Will he be impeached because of it? They're not going to be charged with anything because Mueller specifically said there's not going to be any more indictments. However, there is, it's, 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 I would say the way you can look at the Mueller report, even with the redactions, it is a 400-plus page roadmap to impeachment. If Democrats wanted to, there's there's enough in there to easily impeach the president. There's yeah. more than there was against Nixon. So there's plenty in there. If the, if, if, if the Democrats want to use it for that, it's a roadmap to impeachment, easily. Ugh. But it's a question of do they have the political will? And that is what seems to be missing right now. Do okay. Democrats have the political will to take this document where Mueller said, look, I don't impeach presidents, right? I can't indict him because he's a sitting president. But here is all the bad stuff they did. Yeah. Here, Congress, take it. Barr interrupted it and said, no, 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 I got it. I exonerate him. He's great. He had sad feelings. He was upset. He was stressed out. Like, he literally went out there and argued like he was like Dr. Phil about how sad Donald Trump's feelings were. I but, saw that. you know, I'm I mean, just like, it's not, nothing's going to come of it. Stop breaking into news programming. <laughs> I just stop. It's I, up to the Democrats. I mean, the Democrats need to well, find the the strength, the chicharrones to get up there and well, do something about that's it. That's when you need to break into news. Yeah. The Democrats are going to, they found their balls, they're going to do it. They got to pick them up off the floor. I they're rolling around on the ground. Up. They're soft and squishy and rolling on the ground. Listen. Bum, 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 That's the theme to um, Game of Thrones. Okay, now I hear it. You know what I thought you were singing? What? They tell me, what you gonna do when there ain't no way to run? And what you gonna, you know? And it's gonna come for you. Let's talk about the Walking Dead. I mean, the Walking Dead. The Game of Thrones is back. Stop it. I'm not going to everybody. You never knew what they were saying. And I'm going to everybody. That could be an actual song that they could use for the opening of the Game of Thrones. Okay. That would work.
It would be. So how have you have you had a chance to watch the Game of Thrones? Oh girl, of course. Did you watch? I organized my whole life around making sure I watched that episode. Let me tell you, I landed Ooh. back in the United States. Yes. Went right to your TV. Went right to my TV. Yes, ma'am. Oh my God. It was so good. So many reunions. But can I just say the <laughs> the most confusing aspect of the Game of Thrones episode. I'm sorry if this is spoils for anyone. When Samuel Tarley tells you, son, that lady, your auntie, <laughs> how is your first thought? You mean my father lied to me and not, oh, my God, I slept with my aunt. Because it, I'm sure that was in all working out in his head. He didn't want to believe it. Because he ha- he doesn't know the same Samuel John that we Snow, do, by the way. right? John Snow. He doesn't know that. Remember, we've seen Samuel's j- journey to the Citadel, being very knowledgeable, growing into the yes. man that he's supposed to be, confronting his father, stealing, yep. stealing the sword. You know, all of that. John d- just knows him from the wall. He hasn't seen all this, and while he trusts him as his brother, he still does not know that his knowledge um, is what it is. I don't know why they didn't have Bronn tell him. Because there is an iron law of all medieval-style fantasy genre. The guy named Sam (laughs) is the real MVP, whether it's Samwise Gamgee in Lord of the Rings or Samuel Tarly in Game of Thrones. If the guy's name is Sam, especially if he's a bit partly, he knows everything. Well, Jon Snow didn't know that. So he questioned it, but of course he believed it. Because look, at he was like, that's treason. I mean, my father was lying to me. He was processing But why didn't he process the fact that he slept with his aunt and get upset about that? Because he's probably not announcing that to the world. Yeah. He's probably didn't want to say out loud, I slept with my aunt. So (laughs) She's my auntie. Hey, auntie. Um, So um, so Jason Johnson, uh, who's a wonderful um, political analyst, political scientist I have on my show a lot, he made the perfect analogy about about the king in the north and about the the family, right? The, The Starks, the Starks need them dragons. See, they they can't get too mad at Daenerys Targaryen because they need them Targaryen dragons the way Democrats need black voters. They may want to act like they can do it on their own. But they can. But they can. And so you just need to figure out what do the dragons want to eat, whatever they want. I can't believe it. Figure it out. I I love seeing the Stark, the remaining Stark, Kids. So many of them Except survived. Except for Bran, who is like, I can't with this he's whole he's third out to lunch. I, I'm I, the third I raven. I can't. Hey, Sam, how you doing? I'm the third raven. I'm not your brother. What do you he's want for breakfast? I'm the third raven. And, okay. And the third he, eye raven. Listen, he raven. knows how everything is going just to. Just tell us. He just tell us. Just tell us, man. Is but Cersei sending an army? Probably not. He did have, like, the dope line, though. I'm waiting on a friend. Oh, that ending. What friend? But remember, Bran says, I'm waiting on a friend. And at the end, you find out who the friend is. Who? The Kingslayer. Remember, they come face to face. That's who threw his ass out the window. Oh, I know. So he's and waiting Jamie on Lannister his ass. is feeling. But he don't have no feelings about that. He's not the same person. He's not the same kid that was pushed out the window. Right. But the thing is that he, he knows that it's going to freak Jamie out to confront the kid he thought he killed. But what difference does it make if it freaks him out? That's not part of the bigger plan. That's he must need Jamie Raven. for something else. The Third Eye Raven has no remorse, feelings of guilt, or revenge, or anything. You don't know that. You know, he does not. He might teleport right into Jamie's life. Jamie. And, like, give him another sister to sleep with. I guarantee you in that second episode that he has, he's going to drop some knowledge on Jamie and give him some kind of mission. And I think the reality is is that Jamie Lannister is destined to betray Cersei because Cersei now doesn't trust him. She's, She's trying about to have him, to killed. Have him killed. And the reality is he's going to join up with 
the Starks. It's going to be the Starks and everyone else on Earth. It has versus to be. Cersei and that and the White psycho. Walkers. Well, and the psycho guy who killed all the Iron, who sunk his own cousin, his own it. family's Iron fleet. I can't believe he He's let horrible. his niece live. I know. He's but Cersei case. had the dope line, too, where she said, if you want a whore, buy one. If you want a queen, earn her. Earn her. But then she let him get the punani. So, like, what was Cause that? she said, because I let you, you have it. you just dropping lines, and then you're going to give it up? I let you have that it. That was a wasted line. I let you borrow it. Give it it would have been better if she didn't sleep but with that fool. But then she said, now get out. I want to be alone. Nah, nah, nah. She shouldn't have said that. Because what did he do to earn her? You're going to say that, and then you're going to let what him come do? in there? He led, he brought back all said, of those prisoners. And even after that, she said that he still hasn't wooed her. He's just an idiot who feels entitled but to I sleep think, with her. I think she likes the fact that he's an asshole. Remember, she said that she you're said the most that. arrogant man ever. She likes that kind of guy. And also, I think she wants to make Jamie jealous. Ladies, let's take a moment to take a note from this. <laughs> Don't sleep with your brother. Don't sleep with it. No, don't sleep with if you. It's that nasty. You may like the thug guy, the roughneck guy out there, the arrogant dude. Yeah, that's not who you want to marry. No, that's not who you want. But you also with. don't want to marry your brother, and you don't want to. Who's sleep your with twin? Him. Listen, nasty. We talking about the fool she slept with. Jamie is in the past because Jamie walked away. She got bun in the oven for Jamie again. She has another kid for him. But Jamie, how those kids don't come Jamie out with like no three eyes? They're all crazy. Because that's what I'm saying. They sh- all their kids should be inbred. One killed himself. The other one tried to kill everybody. They're all that's nuts. True. That's true. They're all. They were all nuts. They're none except remaining. The daughter, except the daughter. She was just her... soft. Yeah. Poor little thing. Sad. But so, how about and, Stanza? I love that Sansa Stark is getting it back, but you know my favorite Sansa, Sansa. is is Arya. Arya Stark is actually my favorite character in Game of Thrones. Love Arya. Because that's who I would want to be. Like if I was in that show, I'd want to be her. She's got needles. She's just cutting people up. And I she's know. like, I'm gonna kill you, the hound. I'm gonna kill you also, the mountain. I'm gonna kill all y'all. And I love it. I love that she came face to face with the hound. Yes. I love that Tyrion and Sansa Stark came face to face. Like yes. all these reunions were great. And I like, like we've Littlefinger. We've been waiting seasons for this. Because he's so evil. I don't like Littlefinger. I like Littlefinger. He's no. so evil. He's so horrible. I know, but he's like wonderfully evil. He's like the Pied Piper of I the know. Game of Thrones. I like it. Controlling those children to kill people and I whatnot. Like him. It's terrible. He's necessary. All right, we can't get out of here without talking about Beyonce. Okay, so first of all, I'm a little annoyed because everyone else woke up that morning, yes, yesterday morning, and watched this amazing new, once again, surprise release of a documentary about Beychella from Homecoming. Beyonce. Yeah. Homecoming. And my Netflix would not work. It just would not play it. Let me tell you how God works. I think works. it was overwhelmed. Let me tell you how God works. I had no idea this was even coming. My dog had diarrhea. So we were up. All night. You know this is the second poop story you've had on this podcast. <laughs> Zoe, bless her, she's feeling better, was up all night, jump, because she can't jump on the bed. She right. can jump off. So she'll go and do her thing. Right. And then she'll come back and bark. To get to on get, the bed. And you have to wake up and lift her up. This is going on all night, right? So I'm like, and finally, I'm realizing that something's off. And I go look at the wee-wee pad, yeah. and it's just diarrhea, diarrhea. She does it on the pad. Diarrhea. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. She's diarrhea, diarrhea, diarrhea. Let me go. <laughs> as, a, as a devil put aside for me, for me, for me. <laughs> so anyway, Sorry. as God would have it. Yes. She had diarrhea, so I'm up, like. Four in the morning, because I'm re- I'm trying to soothe her in between right. her her bathroom breaks, bless mm-hmm. her heart. And so I'm online, and I'm like, <gasps> and you just saw it happen. This is on Netflix. First of all, can I just say you spoil your dogs? Because I would have been like, Turbo, get outside. No, why are you pooping on my floor? Get out. No, they're wee wee pads down. Child, please. It wasn't on the floor. It'll be all right. See, this is what you people like. You do not need to own dogs. <laughs> 
dogs have souls. He's alive. We're not even going into this right now. This is another podcast. He is fine. I'm not even. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. This is how I found out about. And then you just turn on the computer and there it was. There it was. And I started watching. Let me tell you She's a master of marketing. Not only did she drop the Netflix documentary, but an album. And an album. With, I think, like 20 cuts on it. Mm -hmm. Amazing. She also did a remake of Before I Let Go. By Frankie Beverly and May. Did she? What? It wow. is everything. But when I tell you this was for the culture, I love that this documentary takes you behind the scenes of right. putting, you see the rehearsals. Yeah. You know, she talks about why she wanted to do this growing up in Texas. She said they rehearsed on the campus of Texas Southern. She, um, you know, spent time at Prairie View. She always wanted to go to an HBCU, but she said Destiny's Child was her college experience and right. traveling the world. So as you know from seeing the actual performance at Coachella last year, she had the you know HBCU style marching band, the yes. drum line. She had the women lined up as if they were you know sorority members. Yeah. It was incredible, and she sang the Black National Anthem. Yep. You know what I mean? It this was like she's doing it for the culture, it, and she says this. She has quotes from like Toni Morrison and Maya Angelou, and just so many other great people mixed in with this documentary. This. And she said she chose each and every dancer, performer she was involved in the casting. She said because she wanted black people to look on that stage and everybody see a representation of themselves. Wow. It was uh, the backstory to the making of this. You know how with the movie Us, yeah. we wanted to understand all the symbolism and what did this, what did this mean and what did that mean? Yep. Well, now we know from this performance what every moment of it meant wow. and That's why amazing. she did it. Her, her motivation behind it. And doesn't she have something else coming out for Lemonade? Is there more like behind the scenes ish kind of? I hope I could, so. I, could I have don't know that. But she <laughs> is a master of marketing. It's interesting. I, I posted just a little retweeted something on Twitter yeah. that talked about the, that somebody had posted that Beyonce has been continuously in the game for more than twenty years and stayed relevant for every one of them. Yeah. And then people started kind of coming for me like, now you know what about Madonna? What about but what I you know what about what? Um, Barbara Streisand? And it's like what I would say to people who are saying that Beyonce doesn't have it over those divas, is that she's been continually relevant. God bless Madonna. She is an incredible She just put um, out a new single. And she's an icon. But when you say year over year, constant relevance. And then there's the Golden Globe. with Exactly. And and she's the most decorated. The Golden Globe, (laughs) which I was right about. No, but as far as Beyonce, she is the most decorated musical artist of her generation. She's just won Grammy after Grammy after Grammy. And she really does musically. She's grown from being a girl-powered related. Sort of, you know, with Destiny's Child, they were more about girl power. Then they had all those little contretemps between them. And there was a little bit of a dust-up. But she survived scandal-free. I mean, other than that Destiny's Child issue between those girls. And the elevator situation. And the elevator situation. But, you know, she didn't cause that. Yeah, no, she she did. She just just sang about it and... Observe lemonade. Yep. Mm-hmm. But um, she's really managed to stay continually relevant and drop new music and defy the industry and in the way she releases her music. Because not just musically as an entertainer, but just as a human being, yes. just as a humanitarian. Yep. She and Jay Z definitely just evolve, and the way that she's grown into her blackness, if you will, yeah. really, and she's celebrates more that more celebratory. Uh, you blackness. know, uh, you know, in everything that she does, unapologetically. Yeah. You know what I mean? I remember we had uh, Neo on our show, on the TV show, after Coachella last year. Yeah. And we were like, we asked him on the air live, you know, what do you think of it? He was like, I loved how black it was. Yeah. And that is the thing that you, that you, there's just no That's denying. That's the difference between new Beyonce and old Beyonce. Yes. New Beyonce is blackity black, black. 
Oh, like fist in the air. Fist in the air, which annoys some of her early fans. But it's like, get over it. This she doesn't she, care. She went. She said she wanted to go to um, Coachella. I was going to call it Baychella. And she wanted, She could have gone there. Like a lot of artists that go to Coachella will become what that festival is. Right. They put Hipster. flowers in their hair. They yeah. get re- No, she wanted to bring them the very best of black culture so yeah. that everybody from there could either be inspired by yep. it or see the best of what we have to give. Yeah. And it was, I'm telling you, I lo- there were so many great moments in this documentary. And I have to say, you know, I went back after I watched it and watched a little bit of Diana Ross in Central Park. Right. Mm -hmm. You think about those moments that are great performances. This performance, Mm -hmm. I challenge anyone, whether you're a Beyonce fan or not, it is like going to like a Cirque du Soleil performance. It's just like or like something that's so entertaining. Last performance at the Kennedy Center for the Obamas where she got up there and sang that aria. Yeah. Like moments or and dropped the fur when she first walked. Like there's certain performances that are just unforgettable. Nina Simone, her sort of final comeback performance. That's now an album that. Uh, the the whatever happened, Miss uh, Nina Simone, that the album was created off yeah. of. Like there are certain performances that are just so damn iconic um, that they're unforgettable, and she's creating those. Yeah, and she's the only artist to me. No, but this one, I'm telling you, will go down in history. Over, uh, in history. And you know it's so interesting because now that there isn't a Michael Jackson or a Whitney Houston, there aren't that many young artists that understand how to be an icon in yeah. the way that a Michael Jackson or a Janet she Jackson is. She gets it. She gets it. She's yeah. like, yeah, Janet Jackson still is that, but there aren't, yeah. aren't that many icons no. that really understand how to use the music video form and the performances live and, and everything. And to, and to control your or music. Prince, and Prince. to control the and music control the it. way that she does. Yeah. I mean, Prince got you know, got wind of that when he, you know, wouldn't go by his name and yeah. did the whole symbol and thing. And then after that, you know, he was in control of his music, but he really wasn't, I'm gonna say it, putting out that great of music after um yeah, well, that's oh. my that's my oh. opinion. I listen, <laughs> say what you want. But I love I, Prince. I love Prince. I love the earlier music. I wasn't a fan of like some the of the stuff. later stuff. No. I just wasn't. Yeah. I would go to a concert and I'd be like, play Raspberry Purple Rain. Purple Rain. Oh, you know, when he would show stop at the end of those concerts, yeah. he would, first of all, he would leave the stage. Yeah. I, the three times I saw Prince perform, he would always leave the stage without having done Purple Rain, and the people would lose their minds yeah. until he came back out and did Purple Rain. And don't come for me on social media for saying I was not a fan of his old music. I just, I mean, his new, newer style. music. And listen, I'm, I'm allowed to say that, and people are, like, afraid to say it. Yeah. But, I mean, I would be at concerts like, yeah. okay. Hmm. Yeah. Everybody has their era of their music that's the best, like Mary J's first album, like that's right. unforgettable. You know what I mean? And everybody has their different eras. Except Beyonce, who continuously makes hits. Yeah, she does. Everything new she comes out with is better than, if not just as good. I mean, she that's her did. Last thing. She performed for almost two hours at Coachella. Yeah, and had nothing but hits. Let me tell you, when you watch this concert, you're going to be blown away. I can't wait to see it. Oh, uh, it is. She's, every- she's great. She's I, w- I can't, I, I'm now on my second time watching it. Yeah. I don't know how many times I'm going to watch it. Yeah. But if I could just get some of the moves, I'll be happy. Just do a couple. Just a couple. Just do a little bit. But I love that the band behind her, they're shaped in a pyramid. Mm-hmm. And that they're on bleachers, like what you sit on at an HBCU, yeah. um, you know, homecoming game. Or Very game, cool. period. Yeah. I love it. I mean, between that and Lemonade, what she did in terms of Southern culture and really uh, signifying about Black Lives Matter, like she really actually has grown into an artist that's important. And I, da- I have to also give a shout out to Jay-Z because not only is he an incredible dad, obviously, I yeah. mean, the way his uh, interactions with the little icon, Blue Ivy, who is a little icon herself now. Let's, and let's, the little twins. And the little twins is. But he's showing a kind of black male um, e- evolution that I think, because remember, he was the guy who was, you know, he went from being, you know, bitches and hoes a little bit. Hova, in, 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 Hova. Hova, right, uh, to me and my girlfriend, 
to being a ride or die husband. Very and much so. Incredibly doting husband and father. They went through their time, their whatever issues. We don't really know the reality of it, but they that Lemonade album seemed to be about that. But he seems to be a, a, a good dude and also has evolved musically into something great. And cultural. And culturally, culturally yeah. into and his, his blackness, even even more so. He got um, that fro rocking it. Let me tell you, it's we like a Jimi Hendrix kind of Jay. thing, right? Yeah, but and to his documentaries. I'm sorry to throw one more thing in yeah, there. Yeah, go ahead. Is the great documentaries That's what that I mean. he's done that have the, really pushed the boundaries on issues of black lives yes, matter. Yes, because yeah. he did one on uh, Trayvon Martin. Yeah, and there was another one. He did the that one you were a part of. Yeah, I, the Trayvon Martin one I was also in too. I got interviewed for it. Um, the other one was about the young man who was incarcerated after being accused of stealing a backpack. On Rikers Island, um, right? And then was left in Rikers and Island left. and came out and wound up killing himself. Yeah. Uh, but let me tell you, since bring, speaking of Jay-Z mm-hmm. and Beyonce, look for when he comes out on stage to perform with her during this um, uh, performance. And it will just, the way that they look each, at each other and the chemistry that they have, it looks like they are having the best of, of of time with each other right now in this moment of their career and their life. Yeah. And I loved it. I loved it so much. And I have to say, there were so many moments when I, I was brain fart, so by the way. proud. Browder. Yes, I, I figured. Um, I loved um, so many moments. I, I teared up yeah. because I was so proud um, that she's a fellow, my fellow African-American, and yeah. that she was celebrating our culture in this way. Oh, they were dope in South Africa, honey. Let oh me tell God. you, they, 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 they just shut it down You have together. to see what she did. And even in this documentary, they cut to a lot of people in the audience, mostly African-Americans in the audience, because they, they were singing word for word Everything. with her. Yeah. When she brought out Destiny's Child yeah. and then Solange. I can't wait for you to watch they this. They let Destiny's Child come on out. They did. They let them have a little shine. They they were cool great. You know what? It, it, it does make you miss Whitney, though, because that kind of icon, Whitney was that, too. Now, she wasn't a performer. She wasn't going to get out there and dance and do any performance. She was going to stand there and sing. Yeah. But just as she a sing. singer, a pure yeah. singer and Aretha. By the way, to speaking of movies, one more movie recommendation. The documentary. You, everyone must see Amazing Grace, especially yeah. it's Easter weekend coming up. Amazing Grace is one of the best, simplest documentaries I've ever seen. It will yeah. have you literally shouting like you're in church. It yeah. is amazing. I've got to watch this. Um, yeah, it, it is. I'm hearing great things about it's it. It's amazing. But this documentary, I can't say enough about it. It is one of the... Beyonce is not just an incredible, um, you know, performer. She's an entertainer, mm-hmm. right? It's like I was saying about Cirque du Soleil. She's not just giving you songs and hits that you love, right. But what she did, and she was the video. She, like she's very involved in every movement mm-hmm. um, of what's going on on that stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was incredible. Yeah, no, she's it was. good. And I love the the little interstitial videos at her concerts, where she gives you not just her performance, but like yeah. a little movie in between. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That and, and that costumes. and that's what this was. Yeah, because when she starts preparing for it, it's like almost two hundred days out. And she had just, you know, had the twins or it's her first time Mm. coming back to work after having the twins. So she's got the baby fat on and she's worried about losing the weight in time. Right. And she says she basically cut out sugar like you. Bread, all carbs, uh, alcohol, meat. Um, She was like at one point she's like, I'm so hungry. But she, like, she really just kind of really was on a very strict diet. But we love her. All right. Well, before we go, do we want to talk about Tiger Woods getting the Medal of Freedom? Or are we going to let that go? Yeah, we'll talk about it next time. Look like another ticket. But, hey. You know, you and Trump go hang out and whatever. Good for you. Yeah, he's supposed to go to the White House. Who used to please you? Anything you want, I would do. I used to believe you. What's greater than finding a gas station in the middle of nowhere? 
knowing that less trips to the pump means less creepy encounters thanks to your all-new 2020 Corolla Hybrid. The first-ever Corolla Hybrid with up to 53 city EPA-estimated MPG is a game-changer. With standard features like sport mode, honeycomb mesh grille, and an 8-inch touchscreen display, it's more than just another hybrid. The Toyota Corolla Hybrid is sleek, fun to drive, and greater than ever. 2020 Corolla Hybrid EPA 53 city, 52 highway, 52 combined MPG estimates. Actual mileage will vary. Joining us in the Read This, Read That studio is, oh my God, I don't think he knows from our favorite show. Big of fans we are. I don't know. Of the the Walking Dead. You have no idea. No, the door is locked. You can't get (laughs) out. You're going to find yourself (laughs) chained to the desk. Avi Nash, who plays Dr. Sadiq on The Walking Dead, is sitting between us. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. We're very excited. Avi, welcome. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for coming. And we were just complimenting your hair. Your hair is fabulous. It is wonderful. Gorgeous. Thank you very much. As I said, you just don't wash it a lot. Yeah. This is what happens. And that's what happens. What does it look like when it's freshly washed? Because we're going to take a picture of you and put it on our social media (laughs) as it is now. So. Like, how wonderful is it when it's washed? Because it looks perfect it now. It probably just looks like a wet dog running around. I don't I, don't, I think it's a fierce afro. It's a fabulous afro. Oh, yeah. my goodness. I don't, I don't Could you do, like, a blowout if you really wanted to and probably. just get a big, you know, you know what I mean? Like an, yeah. There's curl in here, you know? It's, you're, it's, you're doing. You seem like you're over your hair. I'm over my I, Well, I, as I was saying, you know, I they asked me to grow my hair out because... They put a weave in my hair last year. Uh, weave, okay, show. for the weave. Yeah. We, yeah. we feel like we can truly relate to you now. You, so you what kind of weave it. was it? Was it clips? Was it glue? We're talking clips in the side, clips yeah. in the back. Okay. body. Tied up, a little body, a yeah. little volume. That's Tease fabulous. it out a little bit. You know okay. Um, do you know how to do any of that? Did you walk away re- with any of those skills? Oh, I think I learned those skills from my grandmother many, many years ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A third read cousin in the house. We, we will We're take for the reads and clips. culture is strong. Yes, yeah. it is. <laughs> I true. love that you said that. And being, <laughs> you know, that The Walking Dead shoots in Georgia, uh-huh. very near to Atlanta, where weave culture is like. I know. And, and Jackie's an Atlanta girl, so I she has a bit of an oh, advantage yeah. in this. Yeah. You know, I found my favorite Jamaican restaurant in Atlanta. Don't tell um, me. Well, I can't give away all these secrets, but I can tell you. Because they'll haunt you. I knew it was good because someone's weave had been thrown out and thrown onto the ground right oh, outside. That's when it's good when you say, Mama, take the weave and throw it down mine. But they weren't so snatching edges. They, they were fire snatching weave. Fire, 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 Oh, we're keeping you. Lock the doors. We are keeping. He does a Jamaican accent. my father is from the Caribbean. You know, he was born with this sick. Shut up. Are you for real? Are you Guyanese? Yeah, my dad is Guyanese. Oh. Family right my here. People from the <laughs> Shut up. Are you Yo, serious? Yeah, yeah, are you yeah, seriously yeah, Guyanese? Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. we could literally be cousins. No, I hadn't. We probably are. There's from only, where in Guyana? There's only 25 people in Guyana. <laughs> half <laughs> our Indian background, half <laughs> our I mean, that, what yeah. part of Guyana? Uh, my father's from Burbies. From Burbies? Okay, you don't think we're I'm bush, lying. We're bush people. Bush people. We have Burbies, oh we have Essequibo, mm-hmm. and we have Georgetown. Mm-hmm. We have from all three. Yeah, I'm all about the pan Guyanese, yes. South American, Caribbean culture. What's your favorite Guyanese food? Oh, this is a very tough one. You know, yeah. when I go home, my mom knows to have roti and dal ready for me. Okay, right when I walk in, okay, you have know some fish ready. You're moving in my house. Oh my god! Forget it. First the have... hair, <laughs> now this whole connection <laughs> with the accent and the knowledge of the culture. I'm telling you, know what dal puri is. You know what mm-hmm. my family gonna be like? I don't know what dal puri is. You should see me belly up some roti. Oh! My hands are soft. You do not bust up shut. Oh, me bust it up. <laughs> 
I'm so happy. With I'm that. loving him. Life made. Oh, I don't even need God. to do anything else. I retire. Is that oh, it? I retire. That's it for today. End that's it for today. Uh, that's <laughs> been great. Oh man. Oh my God. We didn't even know this. How did we miss this? That's awesome. I don't know. You know, I uh, uh, you know, culture and multicultural and being a third third culture kid is a very complicated thing. Yeah, so, it is. You know, I embrace it fully, but I also that the the. the the joy of being an actor is to be in all categories and to be in no category at once. Yeah. yeah. So, you Where know. did you grow up? I grew up, so I was born in New Jersey, mm-hmm. and I grew up uh, New Jersey, Georgia, Texas. Okay. Uh, and then moved to California for years. What uni. was it like growing up as a West Indian kid in, like, Texas and places? Well, like- I, so this is the thing. So I, I, I guess because, so my mom is from India, and then dad is from Guyana, and mm-hmm. he is, as you sort of said, there's, like, Indo-Guyanese, Afro-Guyanese, yeah. but I think... Uh, Really, depending on who you ask, I think those are sort of outdated terms. I yeah. think to be Guyanese is sort of to be all things at once. You know, yeah. we have a very long history of, of as all of the New World does, of slavery, of indentured mm-hmm. servitude, and also of immigration. And so mm-hmm. the beauty of that is being all these different pieces of culture. And I think um, that's very much how I was raised, to yeah. embrace that notion. And also, Guyana as being an English-speaking country yeah. in South America. Yep. Um, you know, I basically grew up speaking Spanish because a lot of my my father's friends yeah. in Georgia and in Texas were from Cuba or from Colombia. Yeah. And so I so I speak Spanish as good as I speak English. Wait, mm-hmm. you speak like about what seven or eight languages? Um, I, you know, I don't something like that. So he's wow. lost. You've lost count. Well, no, I don't <laughs> you know. You should be president. Apparently, that is how you become president <laughs> of the United States. You know what? Is the new criteria. I, is it? Is it? Apparently. I thought it was to be a bigot, but it I don't right. know. Maybe. Oh. I <laughs> yeah, that's in the current system. That's We're what? trying to change. Uh-huh. Yeah, we really are. We're trying so to wait a minute. Um, with this guy in his background and yeah. this wonderful accent that you do, have you ever played a character on camera that has allowed you to use this accent? Uh, no, I think the closest I've been able to tap in sort of the Caribbean side of myself is I played a Cuban uh, cab driver once, which was quite fun. You know, mm. I just I, yeah. I grew out a little um, mustache and yeah. And, you have that swagger and you, you know, you play that. And that and that's very much, I think, part of of why I became an actor was sort of embracing and, and kind of changing the knobs on myself and yeah. turning some things up and turning right. other things down. And Yeah. And I could finding. not like you more, which surprises me because I have to say, I'm not a fan of Sadiq's. Okay. I'm trying to come around because... But he brought about Carl's demise. This Isn't is that what, what we I'm wanted? talking That's about. That's what we wanted. Well, we really wanted Carl dead. I mean, I hate to be mean because yeah, he's we probably did a lovely kid, dead. but... We wanted him dead. We did want him dead. Sadiq kind of made that happen. But it was well, like, for some people. The writers kind of made that happen. <laughs> I just happen to be present. Sadiq gets the credit. No, no, no. But, but we have grown to love you as part of the community and, and happy you survived. Um, your character survived the season finale with the heads on the poles. Heads on pikes. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was a very scary time. But okay, we got to talk a little Walking Dead because I know your time is tight and yes. you can't get out of here. So the, no. doors the door is locked. Unlocked. The doors the door. of the church will not open. you talk about the Walking <laughs> oh, Dead. Correct. So... Uh, tell us about when you got the call that you were joining this show. Were mm-hmm. you a fan of the show? Did, were you familiar with the world of The Walking Dead? Sure. I, I, I think I was, in, I was familiar with it in so much as I knew it was um, a cultural phenomenon. Yeah. Um, but I hadn't watched the show ever. And I, I actually sort of took a page out of, out of Andy Lincoln's book and haven't really watched the show since. Um, hmm. I've, I've, I, did, I watched the pilot before I did the audition. So yeah. I was, um, I was in, living in London at the time. And... Um, I guess when I when I found out I had the audition, I actually was my best friend is Italian, and we were at his house, a couple of us in Italy, and so I was very much like I just want to eat pizza and pasta, and I don't really feel like doing an audition. But you know, you get The Walking Dead, and you you got to do it. Yeah. Um. So I knew 
what a big deal it was, but I, I didn't really understand um, what I've come to understand now, which is sort of the community that's there on set, the, the fandom that exists all around the world, yeah. um, the work ethic mm -hmm. of this particular production um, in contrast to some of the other projects that I've worked. I mean, it's really a phenomenal thing. And, and in developing this character, you know, there's due diligence that you do because it's based on a comic book, so you mm -hmm. do your research. But also, you know, Sadiq came into the show as a stranger um, to to this community and these characters. And so I, in another project, I may have gone back and watched, you know, eight seasons of television or seven yeah. seasons. In, in this case, I didn't because I didn't want to have to learn who everyone was and then pretend that I don't know who everyone right. is. I sort of did it organically. And then before we shot season nine, I, I went and found clips that I thought would be important for things that I'd heard about and, you know, filled in the memories that way. In your mind, like mm. with the characters, I've always wondered, do you give yourself, do you give Sadiq a backstory of your own or do they give you one? Um, it, It's a conversation. So yeah. I, when I joined Scott Gimple, um, sent me a very long, thorough, but also very uh, obtuse email because he can't give away right. all the particular details that he wants to at In the time. In email form. In email form, you know? Imagine, yes. WikiLeaks that email I out. Know. You know, it's one way to lose this job, <laughs> or make some money. Yeah, yeah that's it. Um, so, so yeah, we had a, we had sort of a long series of email mm -hmm. conversations um, with information that he gave me about the backstory, and then questions that I sort of asked him about. Well, what do you think about X, Y, Z? And right. then over the course of the last two years, that has sort of grown and evolved. And then you know, Angela has also sort of done a brilliant job of filling yeah. in many of those gaps and and we play with time now in such a um fun and loose but also uh clever way yeah that there's so much to play with as an actor and what's great is now i have um a very fixed uh kind of sadiq process when right. i when i do that drive down to sonoy um the music that i listen to and the memories that i play with yeah. and 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 now I know who he is. And well, you tell know. us a little bit about his backstory. Yeah. I can't tell you anything. <laughs> how did he end up alone? That, yes, how did where, he end up by himself? Can, will, a, we, will we find this out? Like, give yeah. us something about Sadiq that we don't know that's just part of what you know about him because you've developed this character. Yeah. Um, what What can I tell you that, that you don't know? I I'm guess holding my breath right <laughs> now. <laughs> he is alone. Um, because We find him alone because he was with his parents and they had been... Um, setting about on this mission to put walkers out of their misery to free their souls. And that's not a popular notion when people are just trying to survive in right. the apocalypse. Because when we find him, remember, we're now eight years on yep. in the story. Mm -hmm. um, when we find Sadiq, we're really only, I don't know, 18 months into the apocalypse. So to have these three individuals say, you know what, we're going to go out of our way to find walkers and put them out of their misery is a very dangerous, um, not a very cool idea. Not and so smart. I think that ostracizes uh, that family unit. And then I think maybe you guys don't know this or maybe you were able to infer, but he uh, not only saw his mother die, but had to put his father down right. mm -hmm. um, through one of these struggles. And so he was living in this place uh, where it was nothing makes sense and nothing matters, but I will continue to live on with this purpose that they gave me because frankly if i don't i you know i'm just five seconds away from sticking my hand out and right, seeing yeah. what what grabs it um and i think when we see him now at the end of season nine um 
you know, unfortunately, he's in a similar place now because he just witnessed the most horrific thing um, he's ever witnessed in his life, let alone, I think, a lot of people in the show at this stage have ever witnessed. You know, he saw someone uh, not because of survival, but because of a choice. You know, mm-hmm. Alpha makes a choice to live this way. She yeah. she could be a part of the community. Yeah. Right? She comes mm-hmm. in as Debbie. And she wears the hair. <laughs> right. And she she could join yeah. this. It's not about um, you know, how how hard it is anymore. Yeah. You can now we've we've passed survival. We're now choosing to live yes. a certain way. And and she chooses not to She's live. She's in like that a way. state of nature. I think Alpha is I have to say the most badass villain that we've had Thus on the far. show. Because she really, like you said, she doesn't have to do it. Now, there's so long on, she could figure out a way to live in civilization, but she just doesn't want to. No, she's terrorism, right? That's yeah. what she is. Yeah, she, and she's, she's totally absolutely that. She I absolutely didn't even think is. of it that way, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. You know, I, I think some of the villains we've had in the past, like uh, Negan, let's say. He needs say. to die. Oh, can, can we just say, die? can yes, we just kill Negan? Enough. Kill him off. Enough. And I know Jeffrey Dean Morgan, is, He's. I'm sure he's very popular with the a cast. A lovely Everyone person. Loves him. We've he's loved him since Grey's He's got to die. Sorry. It is like, come on, Time to die. Come on. You cannot force us to like this no. character. Nope. As night, I don't nope. care if he saves Judith a million times. I'm sorry. Okay. We don't, we're not really for Judith. <laughs> we aren't. So, <laughs> no, no babies. You can't have no kids. children. No babies, no children. No, no, no. no. Listen, kids I just got to convince you. soft. I, yeah, they do. Well, but the, it's okay to be soft a little bit now. No, it ain't. I, no, we have time for that. We have time. I think I think that's the I think that's the beauty of where we've come in the story is we're fighting now to say there is time for this for right. humanity. There is time for humanity. There is yeah. time to leave legacy. There is time to start a family because mm-hmm. we figured it out. We figured out now. You know, the world went to shit, and we had to reevaluate our options. Yeah, and we had to reevaluate. You know, that the iPhone is not so important anymore. Right, um, which is good because the crazy. iPhone is not so important. Well, um, okay, can you tell us if Rick is going to come back? I can't tell you that. No, no, Rick is going to be in the movie. Yeah, I know. There you go. There's we know public, I know where he went. Public facts. That, that's happening. Uh-huh. That's I mean, happening. Well, you well, you have other movies. Can we talk about your other projects? Sure. What's what do you coming talk up? About? Well, what is your next project coming up? Uh, I don't know. You know, when you're in the Walking Dead universe, you're in the Walking Dead universe. That's true. Good, good um, point. I I did a I did an indie film uh, last year called Hosea, mm-hmm. um, which was a, a lovely, very trying film that we shot in Oklahoma about an architect who was me, who went back to his hometown and found um, the love of his life, and they sort of got back together. And it's really her story of how she had sort of fallen into to prostitution and drugs and what it meant wow. for her now wow, to to find um, happiness, but also what this relationship looks like because as lovely as it sounds on paper, you know, relationships take work and yeah. and sometimes love is not enough and, and sometimes you need to you need to struggle and you need to you need to hear what that other person is yeah. saying and you need to understand their experience, not just Oh, I get it. You went through a hard time, but actually, you need to go beyond that level of yeah. empathy. And I, so, oh, no, go ahead. No. I, I love that. Where can we find that movie? Because I that sounds that, that, amazing. That was a question we are all asking. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix, um, come on now. I, th- I think they're in the process of um, finding, you know, festivals to release it okay. at or or Can I ask you, just as an actor yeah. of color? Um, yeah. It feels like we're in this sort of really wonderful moment where actors of color are getting these opportunities we didn't see, you know, five, ten years from now. Yeah, is that like just our perception? Changing. Right. Is it really, do you feel that you get enough diversity of roles to stretch yourself as an actor? I mean, yes and no. I, I, I think it's a very, um, it's 
a very interesting point that we're at right now, um, which I sort of, it's not the best analogy in the world, but I liken it to sort of a rubber band. And so mm -hmm. you, you have to forcefully stretch out a rubber band so that when you let go, it's deformed, but there's more space for everything now in the stretched out rubber band and then eventually you stretch it out again and, and, and it gets bigger and bigger and we're in the we're in the stretching right now yeah, so yeah. some of the the roles or opportunities that come my way are not necessarily authentically about telling um a, a story from the point of view of a person of color right. but they're trying to you know fill a diversity quota that's not necessarily bad but it's not also where we want to be ultimately right. we want to be somewhere where we are telling these stories from all these different experiences and and they're wonderful full whole stories mm -hmm. and also they don't have to be about people of color they don't have to be about the the poc experience right they just get to be full stories in and of themselves mm -hmm. and I, I i think for example like the difference between um you know jordan peele's get out and us is a really good example of yeah. that because as a as a black filmmaker uh whose sto both stories deal with black protagonists mm -hmm. yes they're always going to be about race but you know he went out of his way to say you know us is not about race right and and by doing that and actually us is about class and it's about the history of the the united states and mm -hmm. about how we're built on levels of labor and not trying to look at what goes on behind you know the kitchen door yeah mm -hmm. it still gets to be about race i think in a much more holistic and not on the nose way because it's still talking about what this family goes through right and that's really that's a really i think compelling and perhaps deeper way to comment on something by not by not saying you know what this is what this movie is about and right. let me show you what it's about and and, and the fact that he gave i mean it, it creates a conversation about race outside of the film with giving lapita the first lead role you know her first lead role in a film which is amazing yeah and then having um this leading cast, all uh, you know, black people in a horror movie yeah. for the first time. Yep. Um, and making know. her so scary, I'm like actually afraid of her now. She's you are. I now. love. She's so good. Wait, yeah. I gotta go back to The Walking Dead. Okay, go back. Okay, go back. Go back. Walk on back. So now, so fear the Walking Dead. Uh -huh. We saw um, at the end of. Wait, I can't. Now I'm like, because Dwight shows up. Mm -hmm. um, on fear the Walking Dead. Is there gonna be more crossover with the shows? Is that something that you can talk about? If not. You know, I can I tell us anyway. We else. won't tell anyone. Yeah. Yeah, we won't tell any no. of these listeners. No. I, I don't know. I would guess yes, but yeah. I actually have no information on that. That's something that's probably only within Scott Gimple's head okay. and mm -hmm. maybe two other people. Yeah. Um, that's way above my pay grade. Like, how does this work? How do they keep these secrets? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I know you have to sign a contract that mm -hmm. says I can't talk about this, mm -hmm. talk about that. Like. Would you instantly like just be fired if you gave us a hint of something? Like, how does it work? <laughs> like, if you were like, "Well, Michonne's gonna die in the second episode," or of do the they new even tell season. you? Like, how far in advance do they even tell you what's gonna happen? So, uh, they tell uh, you know, Angela's different than Scott. Angela does tell us a little bit more information. You know, I have some idea about what's gonna happen in season ten. I don't have all the details, and also. They write as we go. Right. So no one has all the details except for the writer's room. Mm -hmm. The other part about this is I, I think fundamentally we're all storytellers and we want, we don't want to tell you the spoilers because we want you to watch and enjoy. Oh, we're going to watch. Know, no one really watch wants anyway. to know that, you know, uh, Darth Vader is Luke's father. If right? you tell us kind that Negan is going to die, we'll watch it more. <laughs> we want him to die. We'll revel in the news. I don't know. With popcorn. I have yeah. no and clue. Cocktails. Yeah. 
You have no don't clue. Like all right, all right, okay. that's fine. You can keep all your secrets. You don't have to. Th- so you do have. An I don't idea even have it. those many secrets. <laughs> what? You know, because I'm from Atlanta, uh-huh. right? I'm fascinated with what's happening with the entertainment world down mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Um, despite the efforts to stop abortion in the state of Georgia. Well, and I the potential even. boycotts of the state by I a lot know. of people in Hollywood. In entertainment, people need to stop taking Stacey Abrams' money. That's what. Ah <laughs> oh, man, I know, and her votes, but. So what's it like? You because you spent some time um, yeah. in Atlanta, you know, yeah. in your formative years, or in Georgia. Yeah. yeah. What's it? Li- I mean, it's fascinating how many celebrities that you know I end up talking to uh-huh. that talk about spending time in Atlanta. There's uh-huh. so much going on there. What's it like working and living there? Um, it's way different than when I was a kid, and yeah. al- and also when I was a kid, we'd go visit um um basically this great Aji of ours mm-hmm. in uh, Norcross, which mm-hmm. is not Atlanta proper. Norcross, you know? yeah, yeah, so yeah. Mm-hmm. so that's already a different thing. You know, when yeah. you're going to Norcross, when you're going to Marietta, when you're going to Swanee yeah. versus when you're in Grant Park and Midtown. Yeah. Um, I mean, I really love Atlanta. I, I, I call it sort of the first colored capital of the United States. Yeah. It's, it's a great feeling when you go to any restaurant in Atlanta um, and you see every size, shape, and color of person. I say mm-hmm. this all the time. Um, it, you realize that you don't actually have that experience, even here in New York City, which is you a don't. wonderful place. And I've come here every summer my entire life, yeah. and I love it with all my heart. But it's still a segregated city. It's quite segregated, Atlanta is so much more diverse. I always say you go to the Four Seasons here, mm-hmm. and all the people of color are working in the mm-hmm. kitchen. Yeah. You go to the Four Seasons in Atlanta, they're mm-hmm. patrons, mm-hmm. they're managers, they're yeah. servers. They're, it's, it's just so, so diverse. Yeah everywhere you go across the city for the most part it, yeah. it is and it also i think uh, it's great because it's it's almost like the secret that we as people of color have which is that by the way we don't just fit in these three categories yeah. that you think of there are all types of us and yeah. i think atlanta really shows that it does. and so you know you go and you're like oh there are there are they're black nerds. Who knew? You know, <laughs> right, or what? Right. Whatever we you know. Knew. <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever your expectation is coming into yeah, to that yeah. city, I think it, it it does a great job of stretching that. And I think it's wonderful that now you know it's the second most popular city in America for filming. Yeah, that you know, um, entertainment and the arts really are always a great avenue to to change discourse um, and influence the yeah. wider sort of public consciousness and by having Atlanta be the second hub of entertainment, I think we can sort of see that trickle down effect in in the movies and television that we're watching. And it's not just Atlanta, yeah. you know, the series, which is an amazing series. Yeah. That does exactly what I'm talking about super well. Yeah, it really does. Um, yeah. Hopefully so, it won't change because of the people who run that state now. I mean if Stacey Abrams had won, I think it would have turned Georgia into this incredible Mecca even more. Yeah. yeah. I, I, look, it's all a, it's all Two steps forward, one step back. Yeah. But that's still one step forward, you know? That's yeah. just unfortunately yeah. the way that it seems to keep going. Yeah. Um, maybe one day we'll reach a place where we go two steps forward and no steps back. Uh, you know? Well, Avi, you are amazing and you have an open door. We're gonna let you go. Yeah. Oh, We're gonna is, unlock the next door. time you come back, you I get in pepper. You guys didn't even break through this wine. What's going on? I know. We've oh got We're gonna say next time you come back, you get in pepper pot. Mm-hmm. We're gonna make you everything that you no, need. Let me make you pepper pot. Ah! You're our favorite guest ever. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're amazing. You have to come back soon. You definitely are welcome anytime. Where do you live, live? Um, I, so I'm I'm a wandering gypsy, you know. Really? I, yeah, I am. I I spend a lot of time in London. Um, I I try to spend a, a lot of time here. Yeah. Um, I've been very lucky, knock on wood, to be working a lot. So mm-hmm. I go where the work is. So okay. While I'm filming, you know, Walking Dead, I'm in Atlanta essentially, April through November. So mm-hmm. that that dictates where I am for that. 
portion of the year. And then the rest of the year, you know, my family live in Texas. And so I spend, you know, Christmas there. But I, I sort of just am on a plane. That's fascinating. That is so you know, cool. Speak. And London's wonderful, even with Brexit. Still yeah. cool. London is great. London is, uh, oh, man, I can't say this in New York City, but it's. <laughs> You can say it. It's better than New York City. No, listen. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I think lo- New York City in the 90s uh-huh. was like the perfect New York City. New York City now is very crowded. It's great. Uh-huh. It's a wonderful city. But London still has something. It's, it's just. It's it, hard to put your foot it, finger on it. I, it's cosmopolitan. I'm a and wonderful. I'm it's cosmopolitan. Atlanta. It's international. And I think fundamentally... Uh, it's a it's first a class based society, not a race based society. Yeah, mm. and so what yeah. that means is you have um, groups of friends and groups of people walking around the street of all size, shapes, and colors. Yeah, um, who are you know first grouped by class, or they all went to this school. Or right, that school. right. But it's quite nice as, as yeah. a person of color it's to walk around dynamic. London. You, you get a different dynamic. You get yeah. slotted in a different category. Very much so. When you walk in a room, more based on how you talk than how you right look. your accent. Yep. Yeah, and that is cool because I change yeah. my accent all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Fit in anywhere. You have many. Oh man, you! I'm telling you, you got to come back. You yeah, got to come well, back soon. I'm here. Just let me know. Okay, we will. We will get you in here. Yay! Our right. third Thank cousin. You so much. I know. Right. Oh my god. A member of the family. Love him. Oh uh, well, thank you for listening to this edition of Read This, Read That. Wait, you know what we forgot to mention? Hmm. Wine. <gasps> so we have to say that our wine today. What is it? I don't have my glasses. It's red so and we'll delicious. See. It's delicious. Uh, Brokel. Mm-hmm. Brokel. Um, let's see. All right. Oh, we got information. We got on information. It. Uh, I'm afraid to say what it's for. Okay. It's from France. Mm-hmm. Um, or is that the right one? Hold on. Yep, it's from France. It's organic vegan. There you go. Nice, Ooh. nice, nice. I'll take that. Um, it sounds like Bordeaux. Les Hauts de la Garde. 50% Merlot, 50% Cabernet. Fabulous. Okay. And it's it's best French with a driven. falafel, all salads and tofu. <laughs> Girl, bye. He's trying to be funny. Moselle's trying to be funny. Of course, we get all our wines for Read This, Read That from our wine god friend, Moselle. Absolutely. Who has the Wine Church? It's an educational wine home delivery service created by Moselle Watson, the Wine God. Each month, the Wine God will send you four bottles of wine if you subscribe, along with a personalized wine sermon, tasting notes, and food recommendations to help you understand wine and identify your palate. Fabulous. And you know what? It's got a tie to Romero Brito, who's actually one of my favorite artists. Ah. Uh, exudes warmth, optimism, passion, and love. Bodega Norton uh, keeps shared values alive, which are expressed in the perfect balance of this wine. I love this. Pop. So if you guys aren't familiar with Romero Brito, he's a pop artist, very popular in Miami. He has these gorgeous, really colorful pieces. I have a little tiny, tiny, tiny one because I don't have a lot of Is it in your office? Money. No, I have it at home. I have to figure out where to put it, but it's it, they're expensive. But I have a teeny, 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 tiny one. That costs you, what, $3,000? Four bazillion, fulfillion dollars. So listen, if you go to winesbymozel.com, Use the promo code READ for 15% off your three-month yes. subscription. Fabulous. That's nice. We love it. We love and it. Delivery to your home. And yes. also, if you use the uh, the code READ, R-E-I-D, you get a little discount. I just said that. Did you? Yes. Oh, I might have been drinking. I said earlier you were not <laughs> listening to me, and it continues through this entire podcast. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Uh-huh. 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 Uh, you, mm-hmm. t- you know Joanne is not listening to you mm-hmm. when you're talking because mm-hmm. I'm trying to get her to go use this food subscription, mm-hmm. Sakara Life, which is plant-based. 
But I said you can add fish and, you know, kill some chickens and add that to it if you want. Mm -hmm. But it's really good. Mm -hmm. It's good food. You would like it. Mm -hmm. You're the one who said you want to get your life together. (laughs) I'm going to get my life and lose weight like Beyonce. Stay unhealthy. Stay unhealthy. No, I'm going to eat kale chips. Die early. Leave your children. (laughs) (laughs) To fend for themselves. They grown. They'll be fine. Put your dogs on the floor. Yeah. (laughs) Never. Do we have to do ads? No, it's already, the it's, it's already done. Oh, it's done. Okay, yeah. okay. So let's move on to the ending. Let's move on. So This has been such a great show. Avi really was has. super cool. We I love, love him. him. He's going to come back soon. My guy and his Bretta. Oh, I my God. Know, I love it. Who knew? We love him. Only well, on Read This, Read That. This is where you find out about what's really going on with the actors and people out there that you love. Well, you might. And you might get to see Avi Nash again on your show because you you did make the pitch. So I hope we'll I see did. him more. I'm going to try him because Nyambi Nyambi or however you say his Nyambi, name. Nyambi Nyambi. That's exactly Nyambi, what I Nyambi. say. Every time I say it right, but y'all yes. saying I'm saying it wrong. Yes. He's going to be on New York Live next week. Fabulous. I know. See, we take it right from the podcast to the TV. To the TV. We love that's it. that's how we do. And if you still can't get enough Jackie Reed, you can catch Jackie on the Tom Twitter Morning Show, even when she's not on the cruise, Tuesdays and Fridays at 8.15 a.m. She never takes me with her. I never get to go and have any fun. <laughs> I'm just landlocked. Because you're, you're tied to this building. You're reading that damn Mueller report. Uh, you can also catch Jackie on New York Live in the New York area Monday through Friday at 11.30 a.m. on The Hub Today in Boston at 12.30 p.m. You can also catch Jackie on Sirius XM Progress on Saturdays at 2 p.m. for Inside Her Story and that is Sundays 9 a.m. EST. And guess who my guest is going to be this weekend? Tell me. Joanne Reed. What? I bet you didn't know that. <laughs> Let me get my touch of my assistant. <laughs> No idea what's on her calendar. I never know where you I'm going. You are my guest tomorrow, my That's going to be awesome. Yes. Can't wait. We're going to have fun, fun, fun. Fun, fun, fun. Well, you can, of course, <laughs> catch my cousin Joanne Reed this weekend on MSNBC on AM Joy early in the morning. We're not too early. It's not just early. right. It's just right, right? Yeah, right for get your coffee, yeah. brew it. It's all ready to go. Get yourself some eggs get or whatever brunch. you eat. I always cook a little brunch and I little sit brunch. down and watch the show. I wish they'd let me have like a mimosa or a cocktail. They should. I feel like we should, right? Oh, that should happen. That's what we need. Okay, let That's me know, girl. I'll cater need. that up. Girl. I will we cater get the wine up. guy yes. to send us some wine. Girl, we will get it going. But, of course, 10 a.m., uh, Eastern Standard Time until noon every Saturday and Sunday. And of course, you'll be talking about the Mueller report. As soon as I read, I'm a slow reader. Listen, but you'll get it done. I'll get it done. 400 pages of excitement. That's going to lead to nothing. Girl, what I can't. What a waste yeah. of time. Stop breaking into our programming. <laughs> Let Everybody. people watch their stories. Let, let me watch my stories. Let people watch this. Come on. Stories. Unless it's going to lead to something. Unless he's getting arrested, don't break in. Y'all just talk, 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 talk. I'm like, cuts his chase. I hear you. Yeah, yeah, people today were like literally literally reading it live on the air. It's like, do we, can we just, once y'all read it, come back on? I tell you. Yeah. All right. I want you. I need you in my life together forever. Together, I used to tell you that I loved you, babe, but now the night.